As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Absolutely set big, hairy, audacious goals and then take massive action toward them. Don't be realistic because it doesn't give you any room to grow. First, a quick word from our best ever partner, PropStream. PropStream is an all-in-one platform that gives you the tools you need to reach more leads, book more meetings, and close more deals with less work. With PropStream, you can find vacant and off-market properties in seconds, nationwide or specific to any zip code. You can skip trace owner information, find cash buyers specific to an area, and find other investors to potentially partner with or fund your deals. PropStream provides you the comprehensive data and market insight you need to be at the top of your real estate game. PropStream also features state-of-the-art marketing tools that allow you to send out direct mail postcards and ringless voicemail. Even if you're not in real estate, PropStream can help you locate high net worth individuals to invest in your non-real estate business. Or if you are in real estate, then you can find them to invest in your real estate business. You can use this tool to find people who have millions of dollars in equity in their homes and you can reach out to them via email, telephone, or snail mail. This is the perfect real estate investing tool for wholesalers and real estate agents, real estate investors, and entrepreneurs. I love how easy the PropStream website is to use. With a few clicks, you can review comps in the area or estimate rehab costs prior to purchasing a property. Act now to take advantage of the plethora of properties that have and will continue to hit the market during this time. And best ever listeners, do you know we got something special for you? You're going to receive a free seven-day all-access trial to experience all the features this powerful tool has, and you'll experience it firsthand. Just go to your7dayfreetrial.com. That's Y-O-U-R, the number seven, dayfreetrial.com. Get started with this. Get your seven-day free trial and start growing your business even more so than you have been. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today I'm speaking with Vincent Gethings. Vincent, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me on, Theo. Oh, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Looking forward to our conversation. 
Before we dive into that, a little bit about Vincent's background. He's the co-founder and COO of Tri-City Equity Group, as well as active duty in the Air Force. He has six years of real estate experience, and his portfolio consists of 120 units, broken down between 20 units owned, 52 from partnerships, and 48 from syndications. He is based in Honolulu, Hawaii. And you can say hi to him at his website, tricityequity.com. So Vincent, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? Absolutely. So like you said, I'm active duty Air Force. I've been in about 14 years. So I do a lot of project management. Uh, I've done resource management before. So handling funds for big DOD projects. Started getting into real estate investing. Quickly want to scale up to multifamily. It didn't take too long, about two years to realize that the small single family sub four unit properties just were very hard to scale, especially because my entire strategy is out of state. Being in the military, I'm always going to be out of state essentially from my market. So I wanted to scale up so I can afford the better systems, better quality project managers, property management systems. So scale up to multifamily. Now we are looking at 50 to 100 unit property, BC class. So we're targeting El Paso right now is our main market. We're looking to take on a secondary market here this Q3, Q4 this year. Nice. And so that will essentially double your units, right? Yeah. So we're, we're eyeing up a couple properties right now. Nothing on the contract. We're in June, 2020. So market's still uncertain. So we're eyeing properties, but we haven't pulled the trigger on anything yet. We're still waiting to see if we can get some clarity on what the next year, two years are going to look like. Perfect. So you've got 120 units. How many actual properties is that? Great question. So that's <laughs> seven properties. And then what's the breakdown? So how many of those do you own? How many are partnerships and how many are syndications? I have 20 under my personal ownership. That was where I started was I started with the zero down VA house hack. That was my start. Made a bunch of capital off that. I was in Bay Area, California while I was crazy appreciating, took that capital, invested that. At the time, all I knew was small multifamily, duplexes and fourplexes. So I went on a tear, bought six small multifamilies, had 20 units in about 18 months. And then that's when I realized that I needed to partner to scale. And the next unit we closed was a 52 unit with a JV in Michigan. And then from there, we did our first syndication, which was actually closed two months in April now. During the height of coronavirus, it was also our first syndication was that last 48 units. Perfect. I kind of want to walk through each of those. Let's focus on the 20 units first. So six properties all bought out of state. Obviously the first one that you bought, you lived in it. So do you mind kind of giving us some pointers, some tactics, some tips on how you were able to buy those properties and then how are you able to manage those properties without being there in person? Absolutely. So the first properties I bought, I took that seed money from that live-in VA house hack, whatever the term we want to use. Took that seed money is about 150 grand I made off that first property from that VA loan. And then I started buying the out-of-state. So when I went into this, I went in with the mindset of I'm never going to work on these. I didn't want to buy the properties down the street, become a landlord and also the handyman and everything like that. Because I know with being active duty military, I'm going to leave in three years. And I'm never going to come back to, say, Bay Area, California. So I didn't want to have these properties sprinkled throughout the country of each base that I've lived at. And I know that's a very popular strategy for people in the military, and it works for them. 
that just wasn't for me. So I picked one location I said, I'm going to build my team there and I'm going to put my roots down there and scale up from that. The way I did it is I started with property management first. I started building my out-of-state team. So property management first. Then I got a colleague for this instance, I used bigger pockets, did their search feature of finding very active people in that market, set up some phone calls with them and developed a relationship and said, Hey, can you be my boots on the ground? If I have a property that I'm interested in, would you drive by it? Maybe go do the, meet my agent out there, do the walkthroughs and everything like that. They were happy to do it both for their personal experience. And then I would throw some money their way for their time, much appreciated. And then I had my agent. So the way I pictured this in my head was a Venn diagram of my initial team was a Venn diagram. So one circle was my property manager, one circle was my agent, and one circle was my colleague. And they all overlapped a little bit. And then that center in the middle was the synergy. So having all three of these people on my team, knowing my criteria of what I'm looking for, visiting said property to the four unit that we own there and reporting back to me their different perspectives on that deal. Like for the property manager, he would say, hey, these are the issues we're going to see with property manager. Here's the upside I see. The colleague might say he's looking at that property from an investor. He's like, this is what I see value add or things that you might want to look at as an investor, maybe some CapEx item. And the agent, they're going to report back and she's going to tell me what she thinks about the price compared to the market and the neighborhood and everything like that. And then I can not be there at all. I can be 3000 miles away. All three of these people report back to me in my head. I'm putting together this picture of all of their stories and perspectives overlapping. And then when I'm done, I have this full thesis of this property and I have a very clear picture and understanding of the condition of the property, how it's going to perform. So I can do my due diligence and pull the trigger on that property without ever being there. So the first five properties I bought all the duplex and fourplexes. I don't think I've seen any of them before I actually bought them. So I'm 100% out of state. So I think the property management company and the real estate agent, obviously they get paid after you buy a property and I'm sure you did your due diligence on them to make sure they're experienced. But I'm curious about that boots on the ground person. Yes. So what types of qualification did you want out of that individual? Because obviously you can't just have a complete novice do it. Or maybe you did, I don't know, but I'm just curious to see what you did to screen that person initially. The first level of screening was at the time I knew bigger pockets. I read all Grant Turner's books. That was my base of my education at the time. That's why I was investing in small multifamily. So I went to bigger pockets, searched the zip code, and then I just filtered by pro members. So at the time I was like, well, if they're a pro member, they're obviously invested enough into this industry to purchase the premium subscription at bigger pockets. So that was my first level. And then I looked at how active are they? Are they posting? What kind of portfolio they have? And then I kind of filtered it down more. And then I called a couple people and I was like, okay, I need somebody that understands multifamily. So I wasn't going to send a wholesaler to go inspect a four unit property for me. They might be pretty good at coming up with a valuation, but they're probably not going to be very good at understanding the value adds or the systems that need to be in place to run this property long-term as a landlord or an asset manager. So I looked for somebody that was actively investing in multifamily and that's where I found my good friend now, Manny, in Michigan, who's just been a huge asset to my team. All right, perfect. Let's transition to the JV deal. So do you want to walk us through that? So you've got your six multifamily deals, I guess five, including the house hack. And mm-hmm. then you decide to move up to this 52-unit deal. So do you kind of want to walk us through after you made the decision, kind of what you do, why you decide to JV as opposed to do it yourself? 
how did you find the deal? What was your responsibilities? What was their responsibilities? Things like that. Absolutely. So this was fall 2018. I hit the ceiling, so to speak, this plateau in my growth in the current systems I had set up. We're seeing cracks in kind of the systems and being able to grow further. So I knew that there was something wrong, but I wasn't smart enough to know what I didn't know. So I went out and I sought mentorship, did one of those paid mentorship programs after vetting quite a few of them. It was an absolute godsend to me and my team. I quickly found what I was doing wrong or how I could grow. And that was fall of 2018 by January or February 2019, I was in contract on the 52 units. So that's how fast I was able to figure out what I was missing in my education and my knowledge, break through that barrier and scale up. I found this 52 unit through broker relationships that I was developing, got them online, got the LOI, and then through meetups is how I found my partner. So I went to meetups, started talking about people that were interested in investing out of state. I'm in a capital market. I'm in Honolulu, Hawaii. There's a lot of equity here but the cap rates and the barrier to entry here is just outrageous. So there's a lot of people that are like, look, I have a lot of equity, say in my house and I want to do a HELOC or I have a lot of money in my IRA that I want to do self-directed, but there's nothing around to buy. We're looking at $200,000 a unit here. So they were looking for somebody to do out of state, but they just didn't have that connection in the lower 48 to go and start that process. The niche for me here was go to meetups and start finding people that are interested in multifamily, interested in out-of-state and mainland. They just need the person to make that connection, that bridge. And I found three investors very quickly that were able to come up with 25% of the deal. So it was very easy. Everybody does 25%, about $98,000. Each is what we had to come up with to close that 52 unit. And we closed it. And I actually did very creative strategy because at this time, And as you know, brokers are very skittish on your credibility and your ability to close. And at this time, I thought I had 20 units. I thought I had some credibility. That was not the case at all because the 20 units were all residential size property. So I had to prove myself. And the way we did it was the 52 units, more of a portfolio. It was an eight unit, a 12 unit, and a 32 unit, all in the same town. I said, look, we can buy the eight unit cash. We had enough money right then to buy the eight unit cash. And that'll show you brokers and sellers that we are serious. I'm serious about scaling my company and I have what it takes to close this deal. So I bought the eight unit cash and that gave me the time to put together the loan with the bank. Cause also I had the credibility issue with the bank of, okay, look, we see you can do these small units, but what makes you think you can do a 52 unit reposition? So I had to court them also, and they took longer for them to underwrite. So I bought the eight unit cash show them that we're serious. That gave time for the bank to underwrite the entire portfolio. And then what we did when the bank gave us that commitment, I ended up using the eight unit as the down payment. So I cross collateralized the eight unit as the down payment for the rest of the property and then wrapped all 52 units back together into one loan. So that's how we were able to creatively close that with not really having the credibility on the team. Because two of them are real estate agents. The other team members are a military member like myself. So we lack the credibility on our team. And that's how I solved that problem and being able to close that for both the brokers, the seller, and the lender was that creative structure. Nice. So after that, you moved on to the syndication. So I guess my question on that is, why didn't you do the same thing as the JV? You had three investors come in, including yourself. What made you decide to do the syndication instead? 
One, we wanted to scale our company up further in syndication. Some ways it's a progression. Other ways, to me, I think it's just another tool in your tool belt that you should, as an investor, you should be aware of and experienced in. So some deals you might be able to do JV, some deals you might be able to do syndication. So whatever that right tool for that job to take down that asset. And one for personally, I just wanted an experience in syndication. Another side of it is we wouldn't have had the equity upfront as easily as we did the first one. So a lot of our capital was deployed in that first 52 unit and we've only owned it for a year. So we haven't refinanced yet. We haven't sold it yet. So a lot of our equity is still tied up in that one. So that was obviously the biggest factor of going to syndication. The other side of it is the desire to scale the company even further and get that experience. And the second one, syndication was a 48 unit. So it wasn't like we went from 52 to 150, 200 unit deal. Who are the investors? How'd you meet those people? We did the common thing of getting an Excel sheet and picking our power base and write down all of our family, our friends, our uncles, our aunts, our coworkers, our acquaintances that we know that all have expressed interest in investing in real estate, or maybe that we're partners with on smaller deals. And we wrote it all down and we started courting these relationships even further. So obviously with the SEC laws, you have to have that pre-existing relationship. So we didn't go out and meet up, start shouting from the rooftops. Hey, we got a deal. We're syndicating. We stuck to that power base or that circle of influence of people that we already had pre-existing relationships with. And we only had to pull on 10 or 13 investors on this one. So very small, $50,000 was the average investment. Okay, Vincent, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Best real estate investing ever is set goals based off of your potential and not your abilities. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Absolutely. So a lot of people have these limiting beliefs. And what I see a lot of people, they set goals of what they think they can accomplish right now based off of their current experience, their current education levels or current partnerships or whatever they have. So they set their goals extremely low. They use that SMART acronym, which I absolutely hate because the R in (laughs) SMART is realistic, right? And I absolutely hate that because you sell yourself so short. Give you an example. My original goal, when I did this, I thought I was like, I'm going to do a SMART goal because that's what we're supposed to do, was 20 units in 10 years. So two units a year was my cash flow goal. I did 20 units in 18 months once I actually started opening my mind up and growing myself, actively trying to grow my experience, my team members. And then now my team's at 120 units and I've only been doing this for five, six years. And I think that the sky's the limit now that our eyes are getting more open, we're adding more tools to our tool belt. So I think the biggest thing is people sell themselves short because they want to set realistic goals for themselves. They do it based off of their ability and not their potential. So Big example on that is the 10X rule. I read that and I was like, well, 20, well, scratch that on, write 200. And that's what was my goal. And I quickly went from zero to 120 in a very short amount of time once I did that. So absolutely set big, hairy, audacious goals and then take massive action toward them. Don't be realistic because it doesn't give you any room to grow. All right, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right, first, a quick word from our sponsor. PropStream is an all-in-one platform that gives you the tools you need to reach more leads, book more meetings, and close more deals with less work. With PropStream, you can find vacant and off-market properties, locate potential investors, or gain invaluable market insight in seconds. PropStream also features state-of-the-art marketing tools that allow you to send out direct mail postcards and ringless voicemail, which will help you close more deals with less stress. 
Visit your7dayfreetrial.com to start your free trial and experience all the amazing features PropStream has to offer. That's your, the number seven, dayfreetrial.com. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. All right, Vincent, what is the best ever book you've recently read? Best ever book I recently read is Traction. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? Be a commercial pilot. Nice. Is that what you do in the Air Force right now? Pilot no, I no? wish. No, I wish. I, I am not a pilot. I'm not Air Force pilot, but I do have my pilot's license, and I have a small plane out here in Hawaii that I use for island hopping. So if everything went to hell, I would go finish my commercial rating and go be a commercial nice. pilot. Have you lost any money on your deals yet? If so, how much money did you lose, and what did you learn? Not actualized losses yet. So back to my original four unit, I... Bought a four unit for 170000 put about 50000 into it for renovations, making it really nice, best place on the block. So I thought you were supposed to do to get the rent premium. Went and got it appraised, and it was worth 170000 And I was like, I don't understand why. And the appraiser said, well, it's a residential property. I don't care how much you raise rents. We go off comp value, and you have the only four unit in this neighborhood. So it's worth 170000 because we don't have anything to go off of as far as what it's actually worth. So on paper, I lost, we'll say anywhere from 30 to 50 grand on paper, but I haven't sold the place yet. So it's not actualized, but that was a huge lesson. And that was the last straw for me of like, okay, I'm done with residential. I am scaling. I'm going to partner up and I'm going to scale and do commercial where the valuations make sense. What is the best ever way you'd like to give back? Mentoring people, especially in the military, financial education, financial literacy is huge for me. I see a lot of people that just come from home with a good financial intelligence and they just make very poor decisions very early on in their careers. So I spent a lot of time giving them a lot of books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or or Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. So stuff like that. And then just coaching them how to make budgets, how to think about investing, the different shades of money, so to speak, how currency works is very big for me. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you? I'm on LinkedIn. So Vince Gethings on LinkedIn and then connect at tricityequity.com. All right, Benson, thanks for joining us today and kind of very systematically, I can tell you're a project manager, the way that you kind of just knock through everything, boom, 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 step-by-step process for how you grew from your first 0% down VA house hack to owning and controlling 120 units now and hopefully in the next few months doubling that with your next syndication deal. I think some of the biggest takeaways was I liked how you were able to find your boots on the ground in a state that you didn't live in. They mentioned how you went on bigger pockets and you filtered by the pro member. And then you looked at those pro members to see how active they were, what kind of portfolio they had. And then you spoke to them on the phone to make sure that they were actively investing and actually understood multifamily. They also mentioned how you're able to do your 52 unit deal and build that credibility with the broker and the lender by 
instead of trying to buy all 52 units with 25% down or 20% down, you went in there and said, okay, I'll buy this eight unit all cash to show that you're serious. And then you were able to actually not put any more money in the deal and just use the eight unit as a down payment and kind of refinance everything and cross collateralized it into one loan. Then you talked about how you're able to raise money for your first deal, which was that Excel spreadsheet exercise, which best of listeners, we talked about something similar on the show before where you basically write down every single person that you know. Um, you take it a step further and write down everyone you know that you already talked to about investing in deals and you're able to pull together 10 to 13 investors with an average of $50,000 each. And then lastly, your best ever advice, which is instead of setting smart goals, you set the SMAT goals. SMAT. Or, or, or I guess I had to figure out S-M-A-U-T. So unrealistic goals. <laughs> yeah, unrealistic. Uh, it's the Boston version. It's the SMAT goals. The SMAT goals, yeah. <laughs> so basically set goals based on your potential, not based off of what you can currently do, your current abilities or what you can currently do. So basically really appreciate you coming on the show. Best of your listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Theo, for having me on.